Welcome to the My World, My Time podcast. In this series, I'm traveling back in time to interview historical figures who have made a positive difference in the world. Have you ever felt that playing a supporting role is not as important as being on the front lines? In this episode, we're going to talk with two sisters who remind us that every role is important and that even the smallest acts of kindness can make a huge difference. This is Episode 6, Violet and Alice McAllister. Today is June 25, 1918, and we're on the front lines of World War I to interview Violet and Alice McAllister, two sisters who left their home in Virginia to volunteer with the Salvation Army in war-torn France. Welcome, ladies, and thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, we're excited to be on the radio. Can you tell us about how you two came to be here? Last year, we heard that the soldiers were dealing with an epidemic of homesickness. Really? Yes, they were discouraged. So the Salvation Army decided to send members over to Europe to help bring home comforts and support to the soldiers fighting here. They all love all the little things we do to bring a little bit of home to this dark place. I I hear the soldiers' favorite thing has become the donuts that you make. How did that get started? It was Helen's idea. Helen? Helen Perviance. She's a captain in the Salvation Army and was one of the first sent out here. It was her idea. The boys were so homesick. The rain, the mud, the endless hours huddling in the cold and wet of mm. the trenches. She felt so sorry for them. She just wanted to do something a little extra. There weren't a lot of supplies, but there was flour and a little cinnamon and sugar. So she decided we should make donuts to uplift their spirits. How did you make donuts on the front lines? We had to use an empty glass bottle to roll them out and emptied milk cans and shell casings to cut them. Helen fried them on a tiny little stove using a soldier's helmet as a pot. <laughs> we took turns and knelt there for hours at a time, frying donuts as fast as we could. The first day, we were able to make about 150 donuts, but now we make thousands of donuts every day, rain or shine. We just can't bear to turn anyone away. At least we have a better pot now, so that poor soldier can have his helmet back. <laughs> But do you think serving donuts has made that much of a difference to the men? Oh, yes. You wouldn't need to ask that if you could see the looks on their faces when it's their turn to get the donut. A lot of them write poems about us. They call us their donut lassies. <laughs> it's so fascinating that something so small can make such a big difference. A tiny match, once lit, can still dispel the darkness. And it's not just the donuts that make a difference. So what are some of the other kinds of things that you do? Oh, all kinds of things. We clean the mud and blood from the injured who are awaiting transport to the hospital. It's a big job to keep away the flies. We also listen to them when they need to talk or help them write letters home. Mostly, though, we try to cheer them up in any way that we can. Alice, tell her about the boy and your braid. Oh, yes. 
One morning, I was up early, stoking the fire for breakfast. I hadn't fixed my hair yet, so it was hanging in a long braid down my back. A young lieutenant suddenly came in and said he was sorry to intrude, but he had been passing by and saw my long braid, and it made him think of his little sister. Mm. Suddenly, he was just so homesick, he simply had to talk about it. He told me all about his family and how close they had always been to each other. And then after he left, I couldn't help thinking he was only one of thousands who are lonely and homesick here. That's the hardest part, to see so many brave young men suffering so much. And I hear you two use music to help lift their spirits as well, is that right? Yes, Violet plays the guitar and we both sing. There was one night where we carried some boxes outside to sit on to enjoy the evening. We brought out our guitar and others brought out their instruments so we could have some music. We sang and sang. There was a large meadow just below the hill we were on, and suddenly we noticed a stealthy movement there. One by one, the people from a nearby village stole into the meadow and without a sound started to dance to the music. So we played and sang on and on. We didn't want to stop and risk spoiling the lovely sight. Then after a while, they all just slipped away as quietly as they had come. Oh, I will never forget that night and how we were able to give pleasure to people who knew very little pleasure in these dark days. <laughs> That's beautiful. I bet you've had a lot of incredible experiences. Um, can you think of any others that you can share with us? Alice, tell her about the spring water. Oh, yes. One time, while I was helping with the wounded, I came across a soldier boy who was no more than 18 or 19. He was feverish and seemed to be saying something, but I couldn't understand him. So I knelt down and leaned closer to hear. Then I realized that he was saying, Mother, Mother. I didn't know what else to do. So I took his hand and said, What is it, son? His eyes flew open, and he studied my face for a moment and then said, Mother, I knew you would come. The boy started trying to talk again, and I realized he was asking this time for water. I brought some water and moistened his lips with it. He couldn't drink any because he had a machine gun bullet in his abdomen. And as soon as I put it on his lips, he said, Oh, it tastes awful. He was right about the water. Yes. It really does taste awful. None of the water around is fit to drink, so it all tastes like disinfectant. I was desperate to get him some cold, clean spring water. I looked out the door of the tent, praying as I had never prayed before. Then a verse came to my mind so clearly. It was Psalms 121 verse 1. Which one is that? I will lift up mine eyes into the hills, from whence cometh my help. When I heard that, I knew there was spring water in the hills I could see from the tent door. And was there? Oh, yes. We found as beautiful a spring as you ever did see. We filled a barrel with fresh water and gave some to everyone. It was such a joy to taste cold, clean water again. <sighs> And what about the boy who had asked for it? Oh, I brought him some very first. I put it on his lips and bathed his hands and forehead with it, too. 
He loved it and was finally able to get comfortable enough to sleep. That's amazing. The next day, he was moved to the hospital, and I never saw him again. I hope that he was able to go back home to his mother in, in Indiana, I think. <laughs> Tell me, though, do you ever feel unappreciated? Like people think it's the soldiers who are the ones doing the real work? I don't think what we're doing is any less important than what the soldiers are doing. I mean, they could not do what they are doing without us to help. These boys are sick and discouraged and homesick. But if we can bring that little taste of home, remind them what they're fighting for, and give them hope and and courage, it helps them continue the fight. You're doing a great job supporting the soldiers. But what would you say to anyone who feels that playing a supporting role isn't as important as being out in the front of the action? We are on the front. We have been bombed and suffered terrifying nights sleeping in trenches to avoid enemy fire. We just don't get the credit for it because we aren't the ones holding the guns. Our father always used the analogy of a clock. Mm. There are so many parts to a clock, but there's only one clock face and a couple hands. And without the gears inside that are too small to be noticed or too plain to be admired, the clock wouldn't work. That's right. Sometimes we get to be the hour hand, and sometimes we are the tiny cog inside making the entire thing work. But we're all needed. Violet and Alice, our time is almost up, but I see you brought your guitar with you. Before we go, would you sing a song for us? I'd love to hear you sing. We'd love to. Oh, let's sing Keep the Home Fires Burning. Mm -hmm. It's always a favorite with the soldiers. (laughs) They were summoned from the hillside. They were called in from the glen. And the country found them ready at the stirring. The Salvation Army Donut Lassies continued bringing comfort to the soldiers until the very end of the war. They suffered hardship and dodged bullets and bombs, all while making and handing out up to 9,000 donuts a day. 
Thanks to these courageous women, many soldiers were encouraged and cheered, and the donut went on to become one of the most popular treats in America. Next time you think that your efforts won't amount to much, remind yourself that a few donuts in the face of World War I probably didn't seem like much either. But as Alice said, one match, no matter how small, really can light up the darkness. Thank you for listening to Episode 6 of the My World, My Time podcast. There are more inspiring stories to come. Make sure you don't miss them by subscribing to our podcast today. For more information on My World, My Time and how you can make a difference, go to www.myworldmytime.org. Do something big or do something small, but do something to make a difference today.